Happy Friday, Mickey. How are you doing this morning? I, I'm great. It's Friday. We have a long weekend. Um, as I just mentioned to you, I wish it was a four-day weekend. Uh, unfortunately, it's three. Uh, hopefully, I can hold out and keep it three and not uh, and lose not lose some of my Monday. But we'll see. We'll see. We still have plenty of time left today on a Friday for someone to take some of my Monday time. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, hey, here's the hoping you get some rest that you can yes. recharge before you head off on your, your next adventure. Uh, where, where are you guys off to next? You're, pre you're prepping to be gone for a while. Uh, yeah. So we, we have another week. We, we, then we have, uh, so, some long weekends away and I'm trying to remember where all we'll be. Uh, mostly I think local to us within a couple hours and but we also have a, uh, five or six day trip later this month. Uh, one I've been looking forward to all summer. We headed up uh, to New York to the Finger Lakes. Going to uh, stop a couple state parks up there and see a couple of lakes. Maybe go to a couple of wineries, or more than a couple of wineries. <laughs> a couple of wineries, a couple of breweries. You know, um, but get up there and have some good time. Fantastic, fantastic. Well, you have to let us know how that goes. Uh, welcome everyone to Fanatical Fridays. <laughs> Our goal each week is to discuss the traits, the strategies, and the tactics that separate the best enrollment management teams from the rest of the pack. And I'm excited to talk about today's uh, topic uh, with you, Mickey. We were going back and forth, folks, and um, one of the things that's been on both of our, our minds and hearts recently is just meetings. Like We're now living in a world that is, if not mostly virtual, uh, definitely hybrid are we've got team members who I have team members I should say who are in the office and then some team members who are are not in the office but meetings have sort of evolved into this mostly virtual if not sort of hybrid affair and I think there's a lot to be learned about how to construct good meetings um, and you know meetings is such as is this general kind of like umbrella term um, from you know good one on ones to good team meetings to good in our context uh, client re uh, relationship meetings. So, Mickey, I'd love for you to kind of kick us off. I know that you've thought a lot about meetings. I know that you've read a couple of books recently. When you think about how to run a good meeting, what are what are a couple of things that immediately come to mind? And do you think that there's anything that's different about running meetings in a virtual context or a hybrid context that's worth that's worth noting? Sure. Uh, so I, I have a, a strategy behind meetings, and I do a lot of this when I'm doing some of my enrollment work, and we look at how we plan uh, and or, or launch enrollment plans and execute upon them. And uh, you reverence the books. Um, so there's a book I've read numerous times. Um, it's a great book. It's called Death by Meeting. It's actually a business fable written by Patrick Lencioni. And if you don't know him, he's the same author of The Five Dysfunctions of a Team. Many people will recognize that book. Um, Quick, easy read, um, but it really looks looks at three types of meetings that uh, teams and organizations should have, and, and I tried to embrace those meetings. The first is the daily check-in. It is a five-minute meeting, maybe ten at most. I've got a, a friend of mine, colleague, 
down at the University of South Carolina Sumter who has, uh, he calls them standing meetings where everyone literally stands. You're not in the meeting long enough to even sit, Hmm. Um, but it is basically a meeting you bring together folks. What is it you're focused on today? What are the outstanding issues that you need assistance with? You know, in this case, you know, I've got a student, um, this particular student who has this particular problem that you need other folks to communicate on it and get a plan of action in place. But it's a five to 10 minute meeting. You plan out the day, you know, as a leader, what everyone on the team is doing. As someone on the team, you know what everyone else is working on. You know what the leader is working on. And if you need help from the leader, you've got expectations there to know when and how and if you can get in touch with that person that day. Um, the, the next meeting is your weekly tactical meeting. Uh, that is really a meeting. I sometimes do them at the end of the week. Uh, but some clients we do at the beginning of the week, but it's really a sit down, a good 60 minute meeting. And we will plan out everything we need to do this week in order to achieve our goals. Hmm. And I don't mean our weekly goals. I mean, our goals for the year. What is it I need to be doing this week to ensure that we get those achieved? Let's look at where we are with our results, what we need to be doing differently if we need to tweak or improve or modify the results. Um, but th- we do that, and that it would be a weekly meeting. And then from there, there's a monthly strategic meeting, and that can be a, a uh, three or four-hour long meeting, which may seem like a long one. Um, and about 13 years ago when I was still in higher ed, is it 13? About 13, yeah. Uh, I would um, – uh, I would have these longer monthly meetings with the team, and then that's where we're starting to plan a little bit more strategy. We're not saying, what do we need to do this week? Let's look at where we are this month. Let's look at what we achieved, uh, and let's talk about how we pivot in, in higher-level strategies. Where are we falling short? What are common problems that seem to be coming up that we need to address? And again, what I'm looking at is I would have an annual plan. This is what we're, These are our three goals for the year, and as we think about this from a monthly standpoint, you know, how are we... Um, going about addressing those three goals that we might have. And then how do we pivot? How are we progressing on that? And then the weekly tactical, again, each of those meetings just gets a little deeper into the weeds of what needs to be done. Uh, And it's something that helps hold um, yourself uh, accountable, but also keeps you well-informed, not just at this high level of what should be happening, at a very detailed level, what should be happening and what is happening. So that if what is is different than what should, let's get those aligned. Before it's too late, we can't do much about it. So, uh, again, I find those meetings, and you can find more detail. Those are the, the labels that uh, Lencioner uses in the book, and um, and I, I use it very often. Uh, I wish I could say I use it in every day, but you know, I've got multiple projects going on, and I don't get a chance necessarily to have all those meetings with every project. Uh, but I think that's really important. Uh, I think it's you know, meeting essentials. Um, you know, having a really clear agenda. Uh, is important. Knowing what you need to achieve in the meeting is important. Uh, setting firm timelines. Um, if you have someone that needs to be a, a play a significant role, speaking or or leading a component of a meeting, be sure that they understand what they need to be doing, what they need to achieve for you to accomplish what you need in the meeting, and how much time they have to do it. You know what I find uh, very often when I'm starting a new enrollment project where we're trying to rebuild you know, a culture or an enrollment team or an enrollment strategy is you go into the meeting, it's just a same old, same old update. Leader speaks for 30 minutes to two hours. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is what they expect to happen. Uh, and everyone's just kind of zoning in, zoning out. And it's a waste of everyone's time. Um, and, you know, we want to turn this into an action-based meeting. You talk things through, you have good um, debates, 
Um, you, everyone weighs an opinion. You work things out, get full agreement and full buy-in. And if you don't get that piece of it, that goes back to the five dysfunctions of a team uh, book in itself. But, you know, that's, you know, those are some of the components to it. But you need to have not just updates. These are interactions. If it's an update, you should do that in an email. That's all you have to say, send an email. But you want to bring ideas to the table. You want to work out solutions to the table. Maybe as a leader, you have the solution 60% baked or 80% baked even, and you let the team work out the final 20% or 40%, whatever that is. But you need to have good conversation um, and then have good debate about it. Be sure you're really considering pros and cons and then together and collectively agree to buy into the solution you're going to work for and then assign who's got each role of that or each component of that and then go do it. And then that's where the weekly tacticals are going to come in to say, okay, how am I doing on this particular solution? I'm working towards this or, you know, we need to assess, you know, with our students um, where they've I don't know, felt least connected with us in the enrollment process. Let's just say that's something that we're trying to do to, to improve our enrollment um, strategy for the melt period next year. You know, if, if I'm responsible for designing that survey, then that's part of my weekly updates. It might be part of the daily check-in as we're getting nearer the go live so that we know we're not going to miss a deadline. You know, I find that all the time. Um, you know, well, we were going to do this six months ago. It just kind of fell off the plate. Well, you know, they're not having weekly tactical meetings to see how we're staying on top of it. Yeah. If it's important and you commit to it, you need a practice and a plan in place to ensure you help and support your team sticking to that. Uh, so, you know, I think that's a big part of, of meetings as well, and ensuring that you know what the role and of that meeting is for. And that's where that, you know, weekly tactical or the daily check-in, just very, you know, clearly identifying what we're doing in this particular meeting. Yeah. Does that make sense? I could keep talking. No, no, for no, no, that makes, that makes, that makes, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I think like, you know, what you're, what you're sort of mapping out is sort of what I would just call sort of like meeting efficiency and like in sort of a just good process, good order. This is, this is at least one way in which to ensure that that happens. And I think that that's, again, that template, if, you know, followed, I think will work incredibly well. I'm curious though, like, one of the things that I've sort of observed is as more people are working virtually or at least in some sort of hybrid format, yeah. there's just more flexibility for kind of like when you get your your deep work done. And one of my observations with clients that we've worked with or even just internally how I operate with my team is people are less inclined to want to all meet at like 9 a.m. on a Monday for a huddle. We've got some people who've got who are parents who need to like now, you know, help their kid get set up on the Zoom call for school at 9 a.m. And so they can't make the stand up like 9 a.m. So we've got we're trying to, you know, shuffle things around. But then it's like, oh, well, so and so over here has to, you know, uh, watch their kid during this time because, you know, his wife uh, is on work calls every day at this time. So one of the things that I've seen uh, happen with specifically folks that aren't um, regularly going in, going back to sort of the traditional nine to five is this real this need to kind of be way more flexible with like when you gather. And I think, I think mm -hmm. I, I've observed two things. One is folks just not having meetings um, or having, you know, way fewer meetings and more, ha more communications happening over email or Slack, which I think 
in in some ways can be a great thing. I think in other ways, there's lots of uh, missed opportunity and you know there's stuff that absolutely is falling through the cracks. And then on the opposite end of the spectrum, people have overscheduled. So there, there are too many meetings now because we're not all in the same office. We're not all in the same place. Our clients are split. You know, they've got, you've got the director who's, you know, with her in-laws in Florida and, but then a couple team members that come into the office, um, they're out of school in DC and then others that are, you know, all over the place. So all this is to say is that like, these are sort of the two extreme reactions are people either scheduling too many meetings, too many check-ins just to ensure that, okay, Hey, is, is everybody working? Like, are we distracted? You know, or it's like this, and eh, we don't really need meetings. Let's just trust people to do their own thing and we'll communicate when necessary over email. And obviously, right, you've got to be somewhere in the middle. And so uh, one of the things that I've just, I've noticed is, is actually it's, it's not just one thing. It's really three things that I have found to be incredibly helpful in how I work with my team and how I've seen some of our clients kind of collaborate well together. And these three things, you, you'd hit on the first one, Mickey, which is I feel like agendas, like meeting agendas are actually more important than ever before. If you're going to make people kind of sign on to a Zoom meeting or sign on to you know a, a Slack team meeting, um, it's important that people know what the expectations of that meeting are going to be. And it's not, you know, there's not like the casual, there's not as much room or, or space for sort of the, you know, casual, grab your coffee, come into the conference room, like connect, catch up and then start the meeting. Like these meetings have to be a little bit more efficient typically. And there's noise in the background and there's, you know, a dog walking across, you know, the table and, and whatnot. So I think like it, one of the things that uh, good leaders will do that good leaders are doing right now is being very specific about, okay, hey, this is our goal for this meeting. This is this is what we're, we're actually going to accomplish. And then number two, I think, is if there's a way you can help, and I think that this is especially helpful for leaders, if you can help sort of replicate the, you know, casual like office walk by, stop in and say, hey, how are you doing? Like, just wanted to circle back on that thing I emailed you about a couple weeks ago. I see some leaders in particular who are scared or, or don't really know how to uh, do those check-ins when people are fully virtual. So I think like random, uh, actually, uh, uh, Brian Halligan from HubSpot wrote this great article on this. Uh, he's the CEO there. And he said, you know, you know, randomly calling people via Zoom or Slack and just building and just like a two minute just check in like Mickey, how are you doing? Like, you know, how's the day going? Anything I can help with today? Um, and just being spontaneous, as spontaneous as you would be if you popped by somebody's office is actually proving to be very helpful from like a cultural standpoint. And that might be an opportunity for a team member to share a concern or a challenge or a barrier that they've run into that they might not otherwise um, want to go out of their way to share. So I think agendas are more important than ever before. I think these like random Zoom sort of Slack calls to replace the kind of casual stop-in meetings are important. And then finally, I've been thinking a lot about brainstorming and, and specifically around uh, marketing campaigns or recruitment campaigns. One of the things that's proving to be very hard for at least our clients is how do you brainstorm well virtually? And so um, one of the things that we've been experimenting with is what we call kind of Zoom on, Zoom off whiteboard strategy sessions. And what this is, is sort of this idea that you block off, let's say it's two hours to brainstorm, you know, a, a quarter's worth of campaigns or brainstorm, um, you know, the upcoming fall event marketing campaign calendar or whatever it is. And what you do is you get, everyone gets on Zoom, you, ha you, you know, kind of set the stage, the leader says, okay, here are the goals, here's what we're trying to figure out. Um, any kind of quick, immediate thoughts from folks and people might share little bits of information. 
Then what you do is you actually all like stay on Zoom, but you, you know, shut off your cameras or you shut off your microphones and then you spend time like writing or thinking on your own and like mapping out, okay, what would I do in light of the foundation that's been set? How would I go about solving these problems? What would it, what is it, what do I think it looks like to, uh, from a promotion standpoint, what channel should we be on? Uh, what is our email marketing strategy going to be around this event? Then you pop back on the zoom. So maybe it's like a 20 minute sort of your, your zoom is off, right? And you're, you're planning and then the zoom is on and then people go around and they share their ideas. There's some back and forth. And then if, and when appropriate, there's another zoom off to regroup and then the goal being at the end you sort of come out with this with this great strategy and one of the reasons why I think that this is helpful it seems maybe simple is that there's that accountability of like okay hey we're all in this together we're all thinking about this it's different than just being sent an email saying hey team I need people to think about this and get back to me with your thoughts because it's this designated time to focus uh, strategically but then what it also allows for is it also allows for deep thought um, and it allows for, which, which I think is really, really important and sometimes can be hard to kind of pull off within the context of just, you know, you're staring at yourself, you're staring at your five other team members on the zoom call and you're like on the spot trying to think about something creative. That's going to, you know, please your boss or that's going to, that's going to make sense to your team. So that was a lot, but I feel like agendas are more important than ever before. Those random zoom sort of like slack calls to replace the casual stop in meetings. And then these zoom on and zoom off like whiteboarding strategy sessions, um, are really, really critical to ensuring that productivity happens to ensure that as you were saying, there's alignment with quarterly goals that there's alignment with semester long goals. Um, so yeah, those, those are sort of like my, my takeaways on what, where I'm seeing good meetings happen right now and sort of like the recipe for good meetings right now. I don't know what you think about that, Mickey. That was a lot. Sorry. I was, uh, I was muted and I was, couldn't find my uh, unmute button. The, the little Zoom window moved. Just pausing for uh, dramatic so, effect. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I'm letting it soak in for there everyone listening to this, giving them the time to let it soak in. I like the Zoom on, Zoom off. You know, you you, you talked about the flexibility um, as part of that, and and knowing you've got people who have schedules all over the place. Um, you know, I don't. So, so I think that the 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 big takeaway that I try to have in in most conversations like this is is not to say that I have or that you should have a single way to go about this. Sure, you sure. Know, you've got folks with multiple schedules. I think you have to find what's work, what works. And the key is knowing if it is or isn't working and acknowledging if it isn't, whether that isn't working because of a role you're playing in that or just because you know someone has a key role and they have to uh, be offline at 11.30 every day uh, to help with their, their child take it particular piece. No, yeah. you know, how do you work around that? Um, you know, I, you know, can you move a meeting time? Maybe it doesn't need to be at that time. Um, that's the easy one, you know, which is one of the reasons why I say I like to have Friday, after Friday meetings. And sometimes I'd have Monday meetings. You know, I don't like to have a planning, a weekly planning meeting after three o'clock on a Monday or any other point in time in that week. If I can't have it before that, because I've lost part of my week. Yeah. Uh, so that's one of the reasons I like to have Friday. At the end of the day on Friday or a, a mid to late afternoon Friday meeting, and I know some people don't like Friday meetings, but I love to like end my Friday on a meeting like this. Okay, here's what we needed to do. What did we do? What was complete? What's left undone? And start talking about what needs to happen next week 
And then, you know, at the beginning of the day, so generally in my meetings, I have a group of people who then have a group of people. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And so that gives them the opportunity on Monday to go to their group of people to start working on what needs to happen. If I wait till three to have that meeting, then they don't get to their folks until Tuesday. And now we have two and a half days left or three and a half days left for the week. And I don't like to see that type of, uh, of work get hampered. And so my job is to ensure realistically that what needs to happen over the course of a week uh, is happening. And, and maybe the course of week means I need to modify what I consider my week. Maybe my week is Friday to Thursday just because I need to move around to have that uh, particular person there. Can we have some of the meetings without it being a physical meeting? Sure. Again, as long as the communication happens and it happens succinctly, what you don't want to have happen is people working out who's taking on what responsibility and what could be a 15 minute conversation turning into a three day period to have those exchanges going back and forth. Yeah. Uh, And my job, if I'm going to try that approach is to ensure that it's not happening over three days, that it's happening in as a little amount of time as possible. And if it's not, then finding some other way to get that resolved. Uh, and, you know, th- I think that's that's key to it. The zoom on, zoom off, zoom off. I like it. Um, you know, a lot of times um, I'm looking at what fits me well. I If I'm going to do zoom on and zoom off for me, I have to turn email off because when I zoom off, I can get distracted. That's yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so I think that's, that's uh, something I have to think about. I love to brainstorm. I generally don't need um, to have, you I know, mean, I guess if I'm doing a group brainstorm, it is, it, I, I have to acknowledge it's more challenging, uh, virtually than in person, but typically I'm, I'm, I can start brainstorming, uh, and, and not have to have a zoom on zoom off. I can, once I start going, I can come up with a hundred ideas and we can figure what three of those hundred work. Um, you know, and that's, so I think, again, it kind of depends upon the group. If your group is in that way and they need to have someone, you know, on them to be creative and come up with ideas then I think that zoom on zoom off is, is definitely an important step. Uh, I, and again, this is just about understanding your team Yeah. and whether that's a team that reports to you or you're just, uh, you know, a minion in, in the team, uh, right. That it, it doesn't matter your role. I think it's just understanding that and then bringing that forward. Um, you know, the, the, the other thing I want to just say to meetings is as you're having them understanding how long you need to commit to them. Uh, you know, one thing I learned very early on when I started consulting that I had to get used to, uh, uh, was, you know, hour long meetings, which is what I was used to having in, in, in higher ed. Uh, we don't need an hour. Yeah. Yeah. Most times we don't need an hour, um, for a weekly tactical, I could see it getting to an hour, but a lot of the other conversations we're having, um, to introduce something or to work one little component out, that's a 30 minute meeting. Um, and sometimes I schedule 15 minute meetings. I, I prefer 15 minute meetings. Um, but I realize a lot of it has to be 30. And if I need to do a, a bigger meeting, then I try to schedule it 45 minutes, um, knowing my goal is 30 and it gives me 15 minutes carryover. And then it gives me 15 minutes pause between that meeting wrap and my next meeting so that I'm not always running behind, um, which I generally to, to be fair and acknowledge that I'm still usually running behind, even when I have that little extra break, but, um, <laughs> Uh, you know, get carried away with an email or a, a different conversation or, or just trying to go grab a water bottle. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, you know, I think that, I think the key is understanding, you know, what is it you really need to have get done and how's the best way to monitor and ensure that everyone that's involved is playing their part and staying on time and has the support they need. It's not just holding them accountable. It's helping them have the support that they need so they don't fall behind. Because what happens is when you find out you're behind, and you wait another week or so and you're behind, you get angry 
uh, and you take that out on them. And that's not necessarily that person's fault. They needed some support. Now you need to be sure that they know how to open that door for support and ask earlier. Uh, and also that you're not waiting a week and a half to find out that something's behind that you know that ahead of time. Yeah. And, and just a, another note there too on accountability. I do think that like there are some meetings that are there strictly for, you know, the purpose of accountability. And while there's lots of great reason behind that, I do think it's worth, especially in this, in this new virtual slash hybrid world of folks thing, thinking to themselves, okay, if the goal is to hold people accountable, are there other ways to do that besides having the meeting, right? Like, so one, one idea that um, I've seen a couple people experiment with, which I really appreciate is uh, the, the leader is uh, records a loom video so they record a simple loom video of saying hey guys like you know i'm the ceo this is what or i'm the vp of enrollment here's what i'm going to be up to this week here's what i'm looking forward to this week you know my our goal as a team is to do x y and z over the next five days let me know how i can you know be supportive and helpful to you all during this time um you know here are a couple of resources that i'm digging into and you know book time with me on on my calendar if you want a, a quick you know one-on-one or huddle in order to kind of reach this week goals and then he sends this out he or she sends this this uh, and I've seen great examples of this send this out and what I think that that does at least for me is one it reminds me oh hey my leader is like aware of like they're online they're working they know what the weekly goals are they've set the standard of this is hey this is what I expect for from you and from the team for for the rest of this week they've given me the opportunity to get access to them if I if and when I need it to move my initiatives forward. Um, and what it also does is it saves me from having to all log on and have a 30 minute sort of all team huddle when it's sort of like, okay, Zach, what are you responsible for getting done this week? Mickey, what's on your desk? And not that that's not helpful or, or valuable, but that two minute video that he recorded actually did all the things that um, I think a 30 minute meeting is intended to do, which is make sure people understand what the vision is, make sure people understand how they can get help, make sure people understand what you know your leaders are up to this week. So it, it in a sense, can uh, can present sort of that same sort of accountable like framework and, and fencing, um, but in like a two minute loom video. So again, this isn't gonna work for everyone. I'm not saying that meetings are bad. I'm just saying this is like a really cool opportunity for folks to get really, really, really creative about if the goal is accountability, what are other ways we can hold people accountable? What are other ways we can inspire people and motivate the team? How do we have really, really, really great meetings? And how do we ensure that as we get into hybrid meetings where you've got some of your team in the office or in person and some of your team not, how do you ensure that it feels like this very inclusive environment, even if you're not like sitting around the conference table or, or not in the office itself? No, I'm going to suggest Zach, that it's a blend of those things, um, yeah. right? I, I like the loom uh, idea right there. Um, I, that stands out to me. Yeah, I just, you know, I, I say blend it because I think there are times we can insert those. There are times we don't necessarily want to insert it because what we lose in the loom is the interactivity. Yeah, the, yeah. The vibrant discussion and, and ensuring that everyone gets a say that they can, that we really can think through together the ideas. And I think that's an important piece. The other piece I'll say is. You know, when we talk about accountability, um, I, I, there's such a negative connotation with that word. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's and I so I'm always 
cautious and sensitive when I'm using it. But you know, sometimes if I've got a new team, whether I'm new to the team or several members are new to the team, you know, we want to be sure what everyone is fair has fair and clear understanding of what the expectations are. And having that physical meeting, at least for a period of time, even if it's virtually physical, um, you know, so that we can say, hey, this is, I know we're two weeks behind in this. Okay, so we want to prevent that from happening again. Why? And how do we fix it? So that people begin to understand, okay, I'm not just going to keep saying I'm behind, I'm behind. That doesn't, that we will never get things done on time if everything's always behind. Uh, and I think setting that expectation um, about what your role is on a team is sometimes more helpful there. And then once you have the flow, absolutely, because we don't have time necessarily for all the meetings. We're trying to help control and, and better use our time. So I think there's a way to pivot. I think it's just being sure we think through when, when do we pivot. Um, but I've not, I've never done a loom video. Maybe I, I should be doing a loom video. That's your, that's your homework, Mickey. Test it out. See how it goes. Um, but, uh, but thanks guys. Thanks everyone for, for being here. Mickey, thank you as always for, for your thoughts. If you all have meeting tips and have, uh, run some experiments on sort of like what works well and what works doesn't work, doesn't work well in your context and have things that you want to correct us on and, or just, uh, additional ideas. Um, we are all ears. I think that, uh, I get really excited because I think that this, while there's so much crazy that's going on, I think that this is also just an opportunity to rewrite the playbook, so to speak, on how to manage people effectively, how to manage teams effectively, how to manage work effectively. So if you guys have ideas, uh, please, please share them with us. Uh, Mickey, any sort of last words of wisdom before we sign off for the day? No, if people have uh, ideas, share them and, and we'll meet and talk about it. There we go. There we go. We will have them. It might be it might be a Loom video first and then followed up by an in-person meeting, but uh, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. All right. Thank All you, right. everyone. Thanks, Mickey. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thank you, Zach.